you know what? I have no doubt that this episode is going to be one of those that can benefit everyone and probably us a lot too. Well, you can never have too much of the kind of information we're going to hear on the episode today. And this information is maximizing and getting the best out of using social media for personal and business branding. Oh, yeah, that'll be good. Hope you've been having a wonderfully creative week. I'm Rod Jones, and we celebrate what people love to do creatively by giving them a voice so you can learn and be motivated from their life's experiences. And I'm Angie Jones. Welcome to Thought Row Podcast. We invite you to subscribe wherever you listen, and we focus on sharing with everyone how they can think, be, and live more creatively with their own passions. Okay, so how about tell us who this wonderful guest is going to be. Okay. Our guest today is Carol Steffen. She's the owner and creative director of Your Social Media Works. She's a digital and communications-based specialist creating online media and implementing strategies to help people succeed in their use of social media. You know, as I think about that, these days, it's all about branding yourself, right? And, and, uh, celebrating your products or your business and letting everybody know about it. But how about you kicking off with a motivational quote? And I suspect, or I'm hoping that it'll definitely reflect the episode that we're about to talk about. Well, no pressure here, right? Right. Oh my gosh. Right, Rod. Well, you know what? Based on all the other great quotes that you've managed to present, yeah, I'm highly confident that you can do this one. It'll be right on target. Well, I did, I did pick out a real, I like this quote a lot and I hope you guys will too. And I think it will resonate with everyone as well. And um, here it is. A large social media presence is important because it's one of the last ways to conduct cost-effective marketing. Everything else involves buying eyeballs and ears. Social media enables small businesses to earn eyeballs and ears. And that quote is by Guy Kawasaki. Uh, you know, the master. That was <laughs> He is a master. And yeah. I am not surprised you would say that because he's so in tune you know, with everything. He's just really good at that. And I mean, yeah. he knows it. He knows it inside and out. And by the way, he has a fabulous podcast. So, you yeah, know, so you might want to that tune too. into that. You couldn't have done. I don't think you could have come up with a better oh, quote thanks. than that one. I'm glad you like it. Well, you know, I think it's time for us to go on to our interview. So let's make it happen and bring on Carol Stefan. I know Angie and I know I and probably everyone listening to this podcast really want to know how they can do a better job on social media, especially me. And you are just exactly the right person for us to chat with. Yes. Hi, Carol. We're so excited to talk with you today and get some of your pro advice. Yeah, pro advice. That's what we're looking for. Hi there. I'm just so happy you invited me. For everybody listening, I'm Carol and I'm a social media consultant. So what that means is I engage online on behalf of my clients and they're generally small to medium-sized businesses and they don't have any social media person dedicated in-house. So I help them figure out what they want and then I research and write and post online for them. So that sometimes that means blogging or well, that's that's exactly why you have with us today. So so everybody could kind of learn a little bit from from your experience and your knowledge in that area and what we're doing. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here and excited to talk with you. Oh, great. You know, but before we officially start the interview, we always ask our guests what they had for breakfast. So, Carol, what did you have this morning? Okay. Today I had a frittata with vegetables, which I generally make maybe once a week. Mm -hmm. And then I cut it up and I have it for multiple days so that it lasts a little bit. I figure if I don't get veggies in the morning, it's not going to happen at all. (laughs) Well, you get it first thing in the morning and you get your protein. So you're in good shape. Yeah, that's a good breakfast. Yeah, it's a very good breakfast. breakfast. Sounds good. And of course, coffee. 
Yes. Well, <laughs> goes uh, without saying almost. Yeah, Good for you. Pretty much. Love it. <laughs> so, Carol, why don't you tell us uh, where you're originally from and where you grew up? I was born in Tokyo, Japan, and then we lived there. My whole family lived there, of course. And then we moved to the San Francisco Bay Area after traveling for a year. Uh, we So we traveled around the world because my dad worked for Pan Am. Back oh. in the day. Oh, nice. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> a great airline. So, Such a great airline. Oh, my airline. gosh. It was back in the days when it was glamorous still, and, you know, everybody would dress up, and nobody was wearing pajamas and flip-flops. Let's oh, just yeah. that way. Oh, yeah. Those were the days, right, the the grand oh, traveling gosh. that you would do back then. Yeah, and the real cutlery and real glasses, and it was really something else. Oh, how nice. Yeah, I miss that. I know, me too. Yeah. Me too. Now, so you, ever since ever since then, um, I've lived in the San Francisco Bay Area, and so has my family. Mm-hmm. And I think you said you guys lived, because of your father's occupation, you lived relatively close to the airport, right? Yes. So my dad needed to be able to commute to SFO, San Francisco Airport. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we were always like about 20, 25 minutes away from the airport. Oh, that's great. That's convenient for your dad. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any uh, favorite childhood memories as you were growing growing up? You know, it's hard to narrow down my memories, but I do remember standing on top of a mountain in Switzerland when I was three years old. And we had gone up a ski lift mm-hmm. and there was snow everywhere and just mountains were as far as you could see. And it was just, it was a beautiful sight and probably the first time I'd ever seen that much snow and mountains like that. So I would say that was it. Well, it, I, it was probably so majestic. That's why it made such well, an especially impression. Especially there. Yeah. It's not yeah. exactly like California mountains. I mean, those are pretty no. majestic. They are very majestic <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. That was really incredible. Okay. So now we're going to fast forward to current day. And how did you end up pursuing a career as a social media consultant, Carol? Before I was doing the social media, I was a professional organizer and I did all my own marketing. So I was blogging and posting and I made some pretty bad videos, I have to say. (laughs) (laughs) So my friends saw what I was doing and they needed lots of help, too. So, you know, in the beginning, it was just fun to help people. And I was doing it for free, just helping other people. Mm -hmm. And then around 2008, I think the market crashed. So I was looking for another career, and I knew then that social media was going to take off, even though a lot of people didn't believe it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, look what's happened. Yeah, since the- you were right. <laughs> you were right where, you know, where it's just started evolving. That was where MySpace and Twitter and all that started just yeah, a, good, a good time to start. Yes. Because yeah. starting now is much more difficult. Yeah. It is much more difficult. So, you know, I really loved meeting people online and. You know, in the early days, it was just fun and exciting being in the Bay Area and being an early adopter. Well, it's kind of a tech center there, too. Right? Yeah, it really is. It really is. You know, being near Stanford and then, you know, all the social media platforms pretty much started here in the Bay Area. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. So, you know, some people question and I don't because I use it all the time, but some people do question the value of social media as a good form for brand building. Mm -hmm. Uh, What do you tell them? So you're right in the trenches when it comes to this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So what do you tell them when they go, I don't know if I want to do this. Is it really going to help my brand? What do you say? Well, I heard that a lot more around 2009, 2010, but now it's pretty hard to deny the power of social media. Back in the day, you know, you wouldn't look old fashioned if you didn't want to be on Facebook or Instagram or mm-hmm. online anywhere. But now, no, you know, nobody wants to be labeled a Luddite. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right? So true, so, so true. And people are finding businesses online now. So, I, and I really think that 
people should start their social media even before they open their doors. Oh, that's Just a good point. Their, yeah, start branding. And uh, my oldest client, I've been with her for over 10 years now. Mm-hmm. She started before they even had a product and we're still going strong. And now, I really and, and now they have and now they have a product and you're educating consumers about her product. Is that correct? Yes. And they have a huge audience because we got started right in the beginning. Mm. Oh, so when they make a post, they actually have eyes and ears. Yes, exactly. I mean, starting now, as you said, is it's a lot more difficult. But it can be done. It can be done. It can be done. And what would be a good strategy for someone who's decided now? well decided to leave yellow pages and, and go on yeah, and, and, and you know, start on their social media start on track? Their social yeah. media track. Well, um, I've started uh, new accounts even now. I have one account, for example, um, women in construction that I've worked on with a client. But you know, it's it's a pretty new account, and we're growing like crazy. And I think. One of the reasons we're growing so fast is that we're so generous. Oh, okay. So, so when you say we're generous, what do you mean exactly by that? We are sharing other people's posts, articles, and congratulating people when something positive happens to mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And we say very, very little about ourselves. Okay. So you're being interactive. Being very engaging and interactive with people and talking to everybody. See, that's really interesting because like you'll see certain people that say, oh, follow my page on Facebook. And all they do is post like, commercials yeah, about their product. No, no that's not the way to do it at all. Yeah. <laughs> so you need instead of just posting all about you all the time, it needs to be more social and more engaging for people yeah, that are on your page. Don't make it about yourself. Make it about the other people. And then they'll want to know about you. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a saying around here, and I'm sure we didn't come up with this saying, but we've used it quite a bit in our posts. And it's um, if you want to become more successful, make others become more successful first. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's a power of, you know, law of attraction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it really yeah, is. Yeah. It really yeah. is, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, I love that. Hmm. But I like your strategy there. I think that's that's what works nowadays. Yeah. And that account, because of that, you know, people are just joining like crazy. We get tons of new followers every day. Well, that's well, that's what you want. So that was worth the having you on this podcast right off the bat. (laughs) (laughs) I I wrote that down. Did you? Lesson learned number one. Right. um, From Carol. (laughs) Okay. You know, we've noticed, though, a lot of people spend most of their time like on one social media platform because that's where they feel like they're getting the best results. Is, Mm -hmm. Is that a good strategy or an idea, Carol? I hate to say it depends, but. It depends. Okay. You know, like, for example, my brother was a plumber and he got all his leads through Yelp. Really? Okay. He wasn't anywhere else. But I think we're moving more towards being online. And so, although Yelp, Google and Nextdoor are more important than they ever were before, I think that it's good to have at least a little bit of a presence on some of the biggest platforms. You know, Facebook is the one you just can't ignore. Yeah. Right. Right. So everybody's true. there. And what about if you're, if, if you're an artist, that's very visual. If you're more visual, Instagram is good. Um, Twitter's probably not as good if you're an artist, although artists still can post their work. It's not as easy. Pinterest is good if you're an artist, you know, that, each platform has a different thing to offer. Okay. That makes sense. Really. Well, it's visual, right? Yeah. yeah. So find yeah. what fits your niche and what you're doing. And Pinterest yeah. is actually, I, I would think is pretty good about that because people look at that constantly because they're looking at pictures. Right. Yes. Yes. It's very visual. You know, right now, TikTok seems to be a big favorite. It's kind of all the rage, at least that's what we hear about it. And I mm-hmm. have to admit, it can be very addicting, although 
I don't know that I spent much time <laughs> on there. Um, but I think it works for people that have short attention spans. In fact, we had a conversation with somebody the other day that said, I just love it because I can't hold on to anything for longer than 10 seconds. So it really worked for them. But I'm not so sure how healthy that really is. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I would agree with you. I think that people need – it's almost like you have to force yourself to – spend more time and focus more these days because there's so many distractions. I mean, you could spend a whole day watching two minute videos on TikTok and not even know what happened. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, there's it's a giant rabbit hole, right? You just jump from one to the next video and, and then the day is gone and you have nothing to show for it. Yeah, yeah, the retention too. At the end of the day, you go, well, what did I learn? Did I learn anything yeah. today? And and actually, yeah. you probably don't even ask that question of yourself because you never thought about it. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's true. I think they also kind of started when they started taking children's cartoons and they started mm-hmm. chopping them up into these little short segments and then popping the commercials in. And then younger people started only looking at packets of information instead of mm-hmm. looking at a story from the beginning, the middle of the end. They were just going mm-hmm. from packet to packet to packet. And I suppose for a lot of younger people, you know, they were accustomed to getting their entertainment that way. Yes. And I, I think that our attention spans are getting shorter. You know, like who sits down and reads a book anymore? It's it's become more unusual and and the longer videos i don't i don't know if they're getting as much attention but i really like to watch longer videos if i'm going to watch a video mm-hmm. or listen to a podcast yeah yeah good for you yeah that, that's, that's what's really nice good. about podcasting is that you can really get some in-depth information mm-hmm. well, so it's not focused it, on the the really the quick fix or the instantaneous moment that you would get on TikTok. Well, and also they're a little more flexible. You can listen to it in your car. You can listen to it when you're going for a walk, a jog or whatever, instead of mm-hmm. having to be looking at a screen. That's so true. Yeah, that's true. Now, uh, Carol, how long do you recommend someone take to maybe schedule some of their social media things? I know there's lots of different apps you can use, but how long does this take like hours and hours each day? Or is there a certain amount of time you can do and then, you know, you've done it and you don't have to keep like mining your social media? Well, it depends on how much you want to be posting. You know, like if you just want to make one post a day, then that could be pretty fast. Yeah, uh, And there are schedulers. I know some people will argue with me over whether you should use a scheduler or not, or not, or not but I think that they can really save your sanity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you use schedulers? I know you have to, I know you make a lot of posts for various clients and you have to think all that through and then you have to post them. Do you use schedulers? Mm-hmm. I do use schedulers. I'm also online so that I can engage with people. And I have to be online at least once a day for clients. And that would be if somebody makes a comment and let's say they make a post on Instagram and or you make a post on Instagram and they make this uh, long comment about, oh, I really like this, love that, interested in this. And then you have to reply to them, right? Yeah. They'll say, um, oh, I really like that. Is there a you know, do you have an online store? And then I have to say, yes, here's the URL for the online store. Or you could go over here or no, we don't have an online store. You know, whatever the case may be. Right. And how time consuming is that? I use a timer always. I'm back in the day when I first started, I used an actual egg timer uh-huh. <laughs> because I could hear it and then not spend too much time. When the timer went off, that was that would be it. I'd be done. That's a great but idea. Now I use it is called NoCo Timer, mm-hmm. and so I can actually track my time and say, okay, I you know this is how much time I want to spend. Like I want to spend fifteen to twenty minutes, for example. Well, if you if you make a post to twenty people, if you're lucky enough to have twenty people or more make a comment back and then don't you feel compelled to answer every single comment or do you just say, okay, I'm only going to do it so many minutes today and that's it? Well, again, it depends on like, for example, the size of your following. Like if you're, if you're Elon Musk, 
because he's in the news a lot today. Um, He's not going to be able to answer every comment. He might answer one comment, you know, because he has millions of followers, I think. But if you're a small account and you only have 250 followers, then you're probably able to interact more with people. That's true, because your audience isn't so big that you can't see their responses at that point. Right. Right on. Um, Well, being interactive, being interactive, I guess what I might take away, one of my major takeaways right now is the importance of being interactive with the people Mm -hmm. you're talking to or communicating with. That's right. Okay. But as you get more popular, it's harder to interact with every single person. You know, um, I have one client and they're up over 5,000 followers now on Twitter. And so I can't interact with every single person, you know, everybody who likes or retweets. But there's some people who are regulars and if they're retweeting a lot or sharing a lot or commenting a lot, then, you know, every once in a while it's good to go and say, thank you so much. I appreciate what you're doing. And you're the best, something like that. That makes sense. And then I I have a question related to my own social media, but I know everybody experiences this is I have every time I make a post, I have a whole group of people that, you know, it's a love fest between us and them and them and us. And Uh they always give you hard or make a quick comment or all that. And then because they're so kind and they're taking their time and they're really great people, I always feel like I need to respond in kind. And sometimes that could be fairly timey. I mean, take a lot of time. Take a lot of time. It is timey. Timing is timing. <laughs> yeah. And I think you also have to think about, you know, if you're going to share something because somebody shared something of yours, you have to, you know, you can try to find something that they posted that's your audience might like, right? But mm-hmm. you know, what if it's a mortuary and you know you're, <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, or I'm just as an example, yeah. and your followers don't have anything to do with mortuary services, then that might be a little awkward. You know what? That's a good point because uh, a lot of followers that you really get to know and you really like them, they always say really cool things about your stuff. But then when you look at some of their posts, you're going, well, you know what? I don't know how I'd really share with that with anyone. They just wouldn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Or they might think I'm being, you know, disingenuous by doing it. That's Well, in that case, I usually just thank people Mm -hmm. if they've shared something or, you know, they're, they're a real big fan. I'll just thank them. Right. I mean, that's all I think that's all you can do at that point. So, you know, you're engaged, but yet, you know, sometimes you just can't share what they have or retweet or whatever is going on because it's just not appropriate, you know, for what what your space is. Yeah. But I think everybody faces that. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah, No matter what platform you're on. Right on. That's true. That's true. This is. This is a very broad question that I have, um, and it can go a lot of different directions, but I know that you'll present it the way that we should be able to understand it. But as could you give us a definition of what digital communications is and then its benefits on CX? And CX means customer experience. And everybody is talking about that. Even the big companies who try to avoid it, now they've <laughs> all embraced customer experience because it's become mm-hmm. so important. And it's really the only true way to retain customers or an audience. So the floor is yours, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, digital communications, wow, that's really a big topic, but it's anything like email, phone calls, video conferencing, and instant messaging, web chats, and of course, podcasts too, mm-hmm. and social media, of course. So there's a lot going on these days, and there's a lot of ways for customers to feel empowered, and so that can be scary for some companies so anybody can review anyone's business so it's, it's really important that businesses have great social media and customer service so they can keep their ratings high 
No, it's very important, especially with um, apps like Yelp and like you said, Nextdoor and stuff like that, where very interactive. And if you've Mm -hmm. made someone not like your business for whatever reason and they talk about it, that could be very detrimental to your overall. Yeah, I mean, or even just getting a hold of the right person that, you know, like recently I was trying to get a hold of our local power company, which shall remain nameless. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I couldn't get to the right person and I just kept getting into these different phone loops. Yes. So I got on Twitter and the social media person got me to the right person really quickly. Oh, that's great. That's a good idea. Yeah. So, you know, on social media, you can be visible to the whole world and they don't want that. Whereas if you're on hold on the phone, (laughs) it's just you and the company and you feel very powerless. So... You know, social media can really help customers to feel empowered. Oh, that's such a good idea. So if you're not getting anywhere on being on hold or, you know, doing an email or whatever, reach out to them via their social media or some other outlet like that. And then that way, maybe you can get a resolution as a customer. Yeah, especially, you know, big companies, phone companies, power companies, anything like that, because they will have social media. They will have a team on it. Okay, that's a great, that's very good advice, actually, because I know in in this day and age, there seems to be less and less people addressing your customer service via the phone. And a lot Mm -hmm. of it's chat, chat bots and things like that. And that takes forever sometimes. So this is really um, valuable advice. Yeah, whereas if they have a team, then, you know, that is a real person that you're talking to. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, exactly. It's, it's good to know that they respond there because you can get in a bunch of different rabbit holes when you call and then, <laughs> and then you come back to uh, dial one again. Yeah. You're back mm-hmm. to the beginning. Yeah. So, so frustrating. Yeah. yeah it makes it easy for them, but not for the consumer. Exactly. Yeah, but, but, also, but if you send a tweet, that's going to be visible to everybody. And, you know, it's in their best interest to answer that right away. And they don't want to look bad. No, oh, yeah, I I could see that definitely. I've also noticed though on social media, probably Facebook more than other things, but there seems to be people that take a great deal of joy into trashing a product, thought, or idea. I, oh I my never, gosh. you know, it's unfortunate. I think they're trolls. Yeah. I was just going to say trolls. (laughs) They're so annoying. It's so odd and annoying. Is there anything anybody can do about them? Yeah, it depends on where you are. Like I've noticed recently on YouTube that they've really cut back on the trolling. I don't know how they've done it, but um, like you can't tell if somebody's downvoted a video anymore. So I, you know, I really like that. I appreciate it. On my own blog, I sometimes get, or I used to get um, negative comments occasionally on my blog. Uh You have full control over your blog. That's your real estate. So it's like somebody coming into your home and you can rewrite any comment if somebody leaves it there. So if somebody leaves me a negative comment, I can change it to say, you're the greatest person in the world. <laughs> I wish I'd known you forever and we should be best friends. And then they'll write back and say, I never said that. <laughs> and it's like, well. But you should have. Well, yeah. We <laughs> read your mind yeah, and we put what you like should that. have said. This, is, yeah. what you're, this yeah. is what you're really thinking. Yes. You, you just didn't know it. <laughs> right. Well, you know, Carol, I, I wanted to ask you about creativity and I know uh-huh. what, what what you do, you do a lot of creative things with your blog and with um, social media that takes a lot of creative thought. What has been your driving force and what would you tell others that want to follow their creative dreams? Well, I like, I like to write because I'm a writer and in a previous lifetime, I was a tech writer for many years. Mm-hmm. So the thing I like about writing is that you can rewrite, you can change things, you can go back and you can be flexible. If you make a mistake, you get a chance to rewrite it. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm the most creative. You can also make things funny. You know, you can insert jokes later if you want to. But I think if you want to follow a creative dream, I think it's important to have a plan before you make that leap. Mm hmm. Okay. It's good to have a few paying customers, for example. <laughs> yes. 
Or you'll be couch surfing. Yeah. yeah. You yeah, might, you might want to eat. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, some of your dreams might stay hobbies for a while until you feel like you really can make that leap and you can make ends meet and, you know, pay your bills. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Since have a plan, have a, a little plan at least. Yeah. To and monetize for me, yourself. I don't know. I need to be having fun with the whatever business I'm involved with. That's, that's what drives me is, is to be able to have fun. Well, I think what you're doing is, is uh, very rewarding. I mean, you obviously, mm -hmm. A, you're good at it and very. you also really enjoy it. That's probably one of the reasons why you're successful at it. I mean, it, it really requires those first two in order to make it a success. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, you kind of answered this question, but I'm going to ask this question anyway. And okay. it's, um, I think one of the reasons why you're so successful is because of your ability to write compelling copy for posts. And is there a secret that you would like to share on why you're so good at it? I'm not sure I could answer that. <laughs> That's a hard question. I think if you can talk, you can write. Oh, Okay. So if you, you can talk into, you know, there's a lot of apps, for example, where you can like talk to text. Mm -hmm. You can use one of those apps. And a lot of people think that they can't write, but maybe they just need an editor. That's so, probably true. Yeah. So I mean, even the, even the most famous writers in the world, Hemingway on up or down or sideways, edited. all had editors. Yeah, all had editors. Yeah. Editors are like gold. <laughs> and... And they're really fun to argue with. <laughs> yes, they really take their commas and their all their punctuation very seriously. Well, yes, they do. <laughs> but it also makes it a little bit easier for the person reading it. Oh, um, of course. Yeah. yeah. When did you really start writing? I think I've been writing my whole life. That's one of my first memories. You know, you had asked about early memories. Mm -hmm. And watching bigger kids writing in cursive back in the day uh -huh. that really I was so excited by that you know the that someday I would be able to write in cursive that's interesting because now I don't know if children are I don't think they even doing teach that. cursive yeah because they're, they're typing right anymore. yeah well yeah or keyboarding 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 i noticed yeah. when yeah, i, I guess write it's not called typing anymore <laughs> i need to get with it i notice when i write longhand i call it yes i spell better you do oh interesting yeah when i would i wow. scribble it out I, it's a disaster mm -hmm. but if i take my time and i have actually pretty good handwriting i'm surprised i haven't mm -hmm. visited a long time but then i started doing it uh, maybe a year ago or so, and I looked at it and I go, wow, I actually could spell these words because I use, uh, what's that naturally speaking program a lot? Dragon. Dragon. I use Dragon. Oh, Dragon. Yeah. Uh -huh. I use it on my iPad. That's what I write my stories with mostly. And then oh. I'm lucky because Angie's a good editor. So I mm -hmm. just slide it across the table and clean this mess up. Yeah. This is where the comma <laughs> police comes in, right? <laughs> <laughs> But I, th I think, you know, you as a person who's quite accomplished in the social media space, being a writer is, is really kind of important, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. I have a background um, in English and, you know, having written for so many years, I think is really helpful. Well, especially maybe tech other people, writing. Other people can learn. Okay. Other people can learn to write more and better. Well, if you also were writing technical papers or documents mm -hmm. or whatever, or yeah. explainers, you have to convey it in such a way that somebody can actually understand what you're saying. That's right. You have to really know your audience. Or technical writing. So it's, it's interesting to, to write on a technical level, but how that translates into just, I think, doing social media, because that is sort of technical when you think about it, because you have to convey information to your audience. And it's really the same thing. And like you said, if you can talk, you can write. And, and I think that's where people freeze up. Don't you think, Carol, where they just go, oh, my God, I'm writing. And I and they freeze and they don't know what to do at that yeah, point. Yeah, but. But when they're talking, they're not freezing up. Right. So, yeah. So I think, you know, using something like Dragon Naturally, I think that's the name of it, right? Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> can really help people. 
Right. And I think Google Docs, even you can talk it in and Word has a dictating yeah, there, there's too, a bunch you know. of them out there. Yeah, so you can. Yeah, even use when you're that. texting, you can you can use talk to text, and mm-hmm. you know you just have to clean it up a little bit. But yeah, <laughs> you didn't used to, but now you certainly <laughs> do it. Now it has a mind all of its own. I don't know anybody that says I talked it in there and I swear I said it right. And then they look at it and they read it. You know, yep, it's perfectly right. And then two minutes later, they look at it and it's totally jumbled up. It's crazy. Words. It happens at the very last second. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're just, and then you, you know, it's too late. You already pressed send and it's all wrong. Yes, exactly. That happens to me on LinkedIn. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Not a good place to have it happen. No. Oh, my gosh. Well, let's see. I'm, I'm looking at my question here, and I, I'm curious uh, how you're going to answer this. And this, how do you create an online media audience for yourself as a, as a on um, social media? Well, first, I would choose which social media platform you want to be on. So... You know, is that Twitter? Is it Facebook? Is it LinkedIn? And then, you know, the way you speak will be a little different depending on the platform. Mm-hmm. So LinkedIn is is more formal. Mm-hmm. Twitter is a lot more casual. But then you should start talking with the kinds of people you want as customers if that's if you're there for business. Okay. Yeah, not just so so con- you know, concentrate not on customers then and don't not necessarily followers, but customers. Yeah. I mean, one thing I always tell people is, you know, it's a vanity metric to have a lot of followers. I mean, it's good to have some followers because you don't want to be like, you know, sort of singing in the shower by yourself. Right. Right. (laughs) But um, it is a vanity metric for the most part. I mean, it, it doesn't help you if you have a million followers, but nobody ever talks to you and you don't talk to anybody. The big key is you don't talk to anybody. You have a million yeah. followers because other people see your comments. And sometimes if I make a comment, I know other people will actually like or share that comment. I think that mm-hmm. it doesn't happen often. But when it does, that's kind of special. Yeah. That happens yeah. on LinkedIn, as you as you probably know. Mm-hmm. And LinkedIn has a bit of a learning curve. Yeah, it certainly yeah. does. <laughs> I think they all do in their own way. You know, they've all become more complex. Well, you know, the whole digital world is always embracing new technology and you would know that. What do you see is going to be the next big breakthrough in technology when it comes to people sharing images, thoughts, ideas, all of that online? Well, right now we're moving towards more video, but that's been happening for a while now. I think the next big breakthrough in technology is going to be the metaverse. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's more than just gaming. It's really people are living more and more online. I have a a chat on Twitter every week, and we were talking about the metaverse last week, and it was really fascinating. So, you know, people are wearing the headsets, and then they're interacting with people online through their headsets, and they have avatars, and, you know, you could even have, say, a digital designer design your clothes or set up a menu for you in your virtual world. There's digital art galleries. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's really fascinating. It is fascinating. I think it's, I suppose that's all part of Web 3.0. And there's going to be people that that are going to embrace it. And there's going to be people, it's kind of like, what was that called? Second Life? I was going to say this is like Second Life, isn't it? Yeah. Very similar. Way more technical. Mm-hmm. Or t- I'm sorry, better ways of presenting it, I guess you might say. Right, because Second Life's been around for a while now. So, yeah, so people are already spending lots of time in these and virtual worlds. How do you see you using that in your marketing business? I don't know how that's going to affect my business, but, you know, I have a stepson who's 14 and he is online all the time. He's got his headset and you know, he's in there with his friends. And so he's the one I ask. <laughs> he's the expert. And I think we all have to be willing to learn from other people and especially mm-hmm. really young people because that's where the future is going. Right. So I'm, I'm not sure how it will affect my business yet. 
Hmm, okay, that's interesting because mm-hmm. I think everyone's trying to get a barometer on how is the metaverse going to affect their business or how can they promote their business or how can they make, you know, integrate it into their business? How, many, how can they make money off of it? I mean, yeah. that's the whole idea between, right, between right. NFTs. Right, exactly. Fungible yeah. tokens, yeah. right? Non-fungible. Yeah. And gaming. Fungible. What and did gaming. I say? Fungible. Fungible. <laughs> 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 well, that's deliberately I say it that that's way. Cool. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, yeah, that's that's going to be really interesting because you can demo a product. I mean, you can actually have the consumer walk into your showroom and through your avatar, you could say, if you buy this color for your hair, it'll, your hair will turn this color. And the avatar shows the hair in the particular color. That's true. It's yeah. a reach, but it could be yeah, done. You could do that, I, I guess. Yeah, that's true. You know, you're talking about your steps and um, really, you know, getting into the metaverse and different things online, online like that. And is do you think that there is a healthy amount of time people should spend online? Do you limit his, you know, his time? For myself, I really have to get offline at least one day a week, just completely offline. But I think it's better mm-hmm. if it's a whole weekend. That's right, what I tell. Right. <laughs> vacation for you, for brain yeah, vacation. vacation. You know, and then sometimes if I go on vacation, I'll have somebody else take over for me because mm-hmm. I I just think it's really important to sometimes do nothing. Yeah, and let your well, brain rest. You know, just have the chance to be bored. You know, we're also over entertained and overstimulated and, you know, it, it, it's important to get rest and sleep and do something that's completely unrelated to social media and completely offline. And that's when you'll discover you'll have your best creative, innovative ideas. They yeah, all or, flow or, into an uncluttered mind. True. They right. do not or, flow or in into a cluttered mind. Yeah, exactly. Well, is we're all we're all aware of that possibility. <laughs> we do that quite often. So true. Yeah. Now, Carol, is there a good time to make um, posts on social media or is there a certain topic that always gets engagement? So if you don't have an idea of what to post, this is tried and true. It depends on when your audience is online. So mm-hmm. for me, for a lot of my clients, I think seven or eight in the morning is a good time. Mm-hmm. Morning time is, is pretty popular. You know, for other social media platforms, like Pinterest is around 6.30 p.m. So mm-hmm. people will go home and then, or if they're already home, they're, you know, they're done with their regular work and then they'll get on Pinterest. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Whereas for LinkedIn, it's more earlier in the day. Yeah. And you can use your own analytics if you have a business account to see when your audience is online. Okay, that's good to know. So yeah, there are things we can look at. Good. Yeah, there's. it's good to experiment a little bit too. But you will have a different crowd depending on what time of the day you're online. You know, there, there still might be people there, but it's going to be different people that, you know, early in the morning as opposed to late at night. Okay. Well, is your focus strictly domestic or international or both? I've had both. Right now, it's mostly domestic. I've had clients as far away as Turkey. Okay. That's a, that's a really different audience than the United States, for sure. It is, but they wanted to grow their audience in the United States. So, mm-hmm. you know, they manufactured clothing. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to grow their business here in the U.S. So. And, and we have a lot of Turkish followers and we have people oh, yeah. from yeah. Turkey. Well, mm-hmm. part of that is because Angie is Turkish, so mm-hmm. she can generally speak the language. Most but of they the time. Pay, but they oh. pick up on your name. Yeah, well, yeah, because it's a Turkish oh, name. So, interesting. Yeah. So if she makes oh. a post on Angie mm-hmm. Jones, they say, Angie, oh, she must be Turkish. So they'll make a comment on that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Interesting. And our listeners are from all over the world. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of amazes us where they all come from. Very and cool. It is. And there are some incredible talented people in this world. And we've been fortunate enough to chat with a few of them. But the one thing about social media now is it's so interconnected. You can, yes. you know, and then very also. Very global, very global. Yeah, and then with uh, Google Translate. 
Yeah, it's wonderful. Even if you don't speak a language, you can communicate and send someone back a message. Well, that Japanese company that does the really heavy-duty foundry work, yes. I love looking at their stuff. Oh, I know their They stuff don't speak a cool. word of English, and I don't speak a word of <laughs> Japanese. Yeah. But we all, we, I make comments on their stuff, and I know that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I'll do it in the calligraphy form, and then they'll send me back a message, and I look at it, and we, we actually have some pretty amazing conversations. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I do that oh, sometimes with that. Cool. Yeah. It, it, I, I, if anybody, you know, people that are listening to this, if you want to talk to somebody in another part of the world and you don't speak their language, use Google Translate. And they'll, and people wonderful. pick up on that so fast and they are yeah. so appreciative of you taking the time to talk to them. Yes, that's really true. Now, as far as things, topics that always get engagement, um, you know, I think it's changed a little bit because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. but cute animals are always good and flowers are good. So, but people also want to be entertained. So something funny and cute will probably get more attention. Okay. So if you're at a loss, you've got suggestions here on what you can post. So you can't say, <laughs> I don't know what to post. You can post something, right? Yeah. Take a picture of your yeah. cat with your cell phone. Right. Yeah. There you go. And convince the cat to perform instead of just laying there glaring at you. <laughs> oh, good, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Cats have a mind of their own. <laughs> Definitely. Well, I like to ask you this question. Pursuing mm-hmm. any type of career, especially one that depends upon self-motivation, I'm curious how you handle it when the creative muse doesn't seem to be around anywhere. You know, I think it's funny that people wait for the muse to strike. The best advice for me has always been to apply the seat of your pants to the seat of the chair. (laughs) I like it. So I write every day. I create something every day, whether I feel like it or not. I think that that's important to do, especially if you're self-employed and not independently wealthy. Yeah. Yeah, that you makes know, a lot but, of sense. So, really, but that said, you know, some people might work better at a certain time of the day. So, if you're a morning person, then you might want to do your creative work in the morning, and you can do some of the boring stuff like the filing and the paperwork when you're feeling less creative. You know, in the evening or later in the afternoon, for example. Yeah, and most people come to the conclusion that you just need to do it. And not mm-hmm. say, oh, I'm waiting for inspiration. Mm-hmm. There, there, oh. Inspiration is there if you just decide to sit down, like you said, uh, get in your chair and make it happen. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. I like that, Carol. It was very good. Oh, so good. Thank you. Okay. Well, I guess we're getting to the end of our program now. It, it, that went by fast. But, um, Carol, we always ask a question of our guests. And that is if you could sit on a park bench and chat with anyone from the past who would it be? Oh, wow. I think I'd go back in time and visit my great grandparents or even their parents because I don't know anything about them mm. on either side of the family. And I think I could really learn a lot about what the world was like before modern conveniences, what you know, what their values were, what right. their hopes and dreams were like what their world looked like. You know, it's one thing reading about history, but, you know, it's another thing actually being able to hear about it from somebody who actually was there. Oh, yeah. That sounds, that would be fascinating, wouldn't it? Just to hear their stories. Yeah, be able to go back. Mm-hmm. What I think is very interesting is how many times people have mentioned their grandparents. So many times. That's the probably the number one thing mm-hmm. is people say, I mean, some people, unfortunately, that had lost one of their parents at mm-hmm. a relatively young age, they want to speak with them. And that makes sense. But a lot of people say, I really like to chat with my grandparents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, this is the, I could see why you would want to say that there were there's so many stories you can learn from them for sure. And the well, history. Especially if you lost your grandparents or, you know. I didn't really get a chance to know my grandparents, so that would be a great opportunity. Yeah, that way you can get to know them a little better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Carol. Um, 
we've really learned a lot from our discussion today. But before we say goodbye, could you tell us in a few words what your favorite social media platform is for you? Well, I've always been a big fan of Twitter. It's always been my favorite. I have to say, for a lot of reasons, I really find that there's more freedom of expression. It's easier to talk to people. And I've met more people through Twitter than on any other platform. Okay. That could be because I spend more time there. That could be. Yeah, I find people there to be generous and funny and quirky. And it's also a really fast way to get the news. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely yeah. for that. Become our virtual town hall. Yeah. That's how I built that was the social media that I built the fastest in the beginning. That's true. Mm. That's yeah. very true. I know you guys have a lot more followers than I do, but as up there, you know, 20,000 or more. And I built that all by doing what just Carol by, said. Just by being friends with yeah. people. Yeah. And making comments <laughs> and mm-hmm. all that. Yeah. Yeah. So I could see why you would really enjoy that one. And you're very successful at it. So it makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Well, Carol, thank you for that quick answer. And I know Elon will thank you as well. (laughs) 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 And it's an important one because it's interesting to know what different platforms people use. But now comes the time I need to let everyone know if you would like to know more more about Carol Stefan, we will have have link, links where her under the show guest tab on thoughtrowpodcast.com so everyone can learn more about her and please connect with her on social media and her website. Yep, the easy thing to do is yes. connect with her on social media. Thank you, Carol. Thank you, Carol. Oh, thank you so much for this opportunity. I really enjoyed talking to you and I appreciate all your effort in putting this podcast together. Well, okay. So, well, we will see you on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. We'll and see so you forth. And so forth. <laughs> and so on. Okay. All right. Bye. Thank bye. you again. You bet. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Also, if you're enjoying our podcast, both Ron and I would really appreciate you buying us a cup of coffee. Just go to thoughtrow.com, scroll down a bit, and you can find that link right on our website on the homepage. It's really easy to do, by the way. Yes, it is. And all the money we receive goes to our production costs. Yep. And primarily because we want to keep our show commercial free and we want to continue to bring you the best quality content with great guests. That's right. Thank you for listening to Thought Row Podcast. I'm really glad you tuned in today. We hope you enjoyed the thoughts and ideas we shared with you. We post a new podcast every week, so remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. So it's bye for now from my husband Rod and I, wishing everyone a great day.